Episode 24 of the Summit for Wellness podcast is here. Listen to what's coming up in this episode. Like, for example, my first patient, one of my first patients was a 31-year-old with nine autoimmune diseases. And in in one month, she had 50% resolution of all symptoms. And in seven months, she no longer had the diagnoses. Like, for her, her biggest problems were myasthenia gravis, which is an autoimmune disease of the muscles. That eventually, you know, eventually your muscles sort of give out and you can pass away because of the muscular fatigue. And um, along with like psoriasis and lycus planish and Sjogren's and Hashimoto's. And she had all of these issues where in one month again, all gone, like 50% resolution and seven months all gone. And that just like blew my mind. And I was like, what is going on here? We have to, so we have to keep these children just like adults. We need to keep their bodies as balanced as possible. And I, just like with an adult, I use this, I do this very similar, but just change it up a little bit for the kids. And I try to again live this lifestyle with my children so they know, just so, so we can heal and prevent chronic illness from the get go and show that it is very much possible to do such. And that's why my kids do feel like, what's what's going on here? But that's where like the knowledge and the education, teaching them exactly what's going on, getting them involved in that process. We do videos and um, where I'm like, okay, let's talk about the microbiome. And they're doing little videos and then what they do and how they eat. Because now, now my 10-year-old makes the lunches. So here they go down the list. What are my vegetables, protein, and healthy fats? And then they have fruit <laughs> for dessert. Like So those three, four things. And then they're satiated. They don't need anything more than that. Welcome to the Summit for Wellness podcast, where we help you climb to the peak of your health. And now, here is your host, Brian Carroll. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 24 of the Summit for Wellness podcast. I am your host, Brian Carroll, and I hope everyone is doing really well today. I just got back from a little uh, snowboarding trip because once Thanksgiving is over, all of a sudden it just feels like everything shifts to winter around here, which I absolutely love winter time because I'm a big winter sport fan. So going up and playing in the mountains for a little bit and just getting onto my snowboard is a great way to just get my energy up and I'm super excited about it. So right now I'm really energized but not as energized as children can be, which is what this episode is all about. Now, our guest today is doing a lot in children's healthcare right now to be able to provide uh, healthcare to children and making really affordable ways to help children that have chronic illness out because she, as a parent herself, knows how expensive it is to raise kids. Uh, she has four kids of her own, and she wants to be able to provide better care for uh, people and children without breaking the bank. And I think that's a very honorable thing to do. Um, because we don't see that very often in the medical system, because with insurance companies running the show, the pricing of healthcare is extremely expensive. So her goal and her passion is to provide healthcare options to everyone at a reasonable 
level. And that's part of what her latest book is all about, which we will talk about later in the show. And one of the really neat things about our guest is that her children lives exactly the way that she teaches within her programs and her books. So this is definitely ways that you can teach your own kids that has obviously shown to be effective as long as you are incorporating it into a way that makes it fun for the children and provides that educational component for them to be able to learn from it and to be able to understand the reasoning why uh, certain decisions are made, especially around food and lifestyle choices. So uh, I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this episode, especially since I hear from so many people that they don't know how to reach out to their kids to get them away from processed foods and to start eating healthy because all they want is those really sugary and processed type of foods. Now, before we get to the show, I just want to briefly talk about an herbal blend that I have been using a lot in my own life that I really enjoy um, the benefits that I'm getting out of this uh, herbal blend. And it's an Ayurvedic blend from a company called HANA, and that's H-A-N-A-H, and it has like 30 different herbs within this blend that help with uh, relieving stress and immune-boosting herbs and all sorts of good stuff for the body, and I use it a lot when I'm on my uh, outdoors adventures, so I use it when I'm backpacking, I use it when I'm snowboarding, and I've actually been using it more on a daily basis just because I like the adaptogenic properties of a lot of the herbs uh, to help regulate the stress levels at the cellular level. And so if you want to learn more about this product, go to summitforwellness.com HANA, and that is H-A-N-A-H. Okay, now let's head straight into this show with Madia Saeed all about how to regulate chronic illness within children and how to educate your child on how to eat healthy and make it fun for them to learn about their own health and how to make better health decisions. Medea Saeed is a practicing family physician, author of the Holistic Rx, director of education for Documenting Hope, which is a national organization dedicated to heal chronic disease in children. She is also the speaker who is lighting up the world with her energy and passion to ignite a healing revolution. Thank you, Medea, for coming on to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm excited as well. (laughs) Yay! Yes, and I know that you've been busy lately. You just released a book, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But before we get into all that, can you talk about just how you got to this point in your career to the point where you're releasing books and you're coming on to all these different shows to talk about your passion with helping people to find health? So I, my journey began, well, right after residency, because I knew I always, actually, I always wanted to be a teacher ever since I was actually, no, a marine biologist. <laughs> And then a teacher, but then, um, and then obviously a doctor. And um, I was born and raised in Naperville, Illinois, went to residency in South Bend, Indiana, graduated there in 2010. And in 2011, I joined a medical practice where under one roof, there was me, an OBGYN, an internist, an exercise physiologist, nutritionist, counseling, chiropractor, massage therapy, acupuncture, homeopathy. And, um, 
I had never, up till 2011, I had never heard the word holistic. Never. Like, we were, when we were taught in our, in our board exams for family medicine that I gave in 2011, literally the questions were like, oh, what are the side effects? What are the dangerous side effects of kava kava? Or, you know, all of these things that, oh my gosh, look at all these supplements can cause tons and tons of problems. So it was like taboo. But I joined this med actually um, during residency. My my grandfather was a homeopath, so he was one like the one when when there was no pa- I'm originally from Pakistan, even though born and raised in Illinois. But um, when at that time it was India, so he was like the first homeopath. So I actually every one of in my family, everybody's a doctor. And so, um, like, my brother is an interventional cardiologist. My sister is a pediatric ICU physician. I have siblings, Harvard psychiatrists and, you know, gastroenterologists and all of them. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I'm going to make him proud by going into homeopathy. So when I actually started practicing homeopathy at this clinic, I was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on that and, you know, I have had people with, like, for example, 50 years of erythema nodosum, which is like a rash. Like, these are rashes and psoriasis, you know, that are obviously visible. And in four months, four weeks, all gone. And that's not something that's just pl- placebo. Because <laughs> it just disappears just by putting them on this homeopathic. And so that's what really got me going and thinking. And then when I joined this practice, I was surrounded with all these amazing professionals who brought me up to speed what had medicine had left behind. And what was so amazing was that it was just easy lifestyle tips. Like, for example, my first patient, one of my first patients was a 31-year-old with nine autoimmune diseases. And in in one month, she had 50% resolution of all symptoms. And in seven months, she no longer had the diagnoses. Like for her, her biggest problems were myasthenia gravis, which is an autoimmune disease of the muscles that eventually, you know, eventually your muscles are give out and you can pass away because of the muscular fatigue. And um, along with like psoriasis and lycus planus and Sjogren's and Hashimoto's. And she had all of these issues where in one month, again, all gone, like 50% resolution and seven months all gone. And that just like blew my mind. And I was like, what is going on here? And along with, and that was just not one patient. This happened to every single solitary patient. And I was, and I have like 100% improvement rate in, in healing people's like, you know, symptoms, if not, you know, their diseases, just by following these simple, simple, simple lifestyle tips. And um, I know what I was taught when I went through my different certifications was, you know, we got to do all these testing and we have to do this and we got to do all that. But I, for example, this patient was a 31-year-old and she worked at the family dollar store along with the gas station. So it's not like she had a lot of money to just throw on tests and she really just wanted to get better. The, the cheapest cost-effective way possible and just by applying the simple basics, you can help 90% of the people. And then obviously the laboratory testing and, you know, all of that will take them the rest of the way. But at least it it gives people hope. And that's where I realized that something, so I, when and I also had my own chronic medical conditions. I had like Hashimoto's and autoimmune diseases along with 
myas, um, along with, um, you know, severe digestive complaints, menstrual irregularities, you know, like acne, seborrheic dermatitis. I was a mess, severe fatigue. Um, everybody was like, oh, it's just because of the fact that you're a new mom, a new wife, a new resident. And I'm like, ah, no, this is not, this, that's not the reason. So once I was able to heal myself with these simple things, and especially right now, um, I mean, I I have four boys under. I have a ten year old, a six year old, a four year old, and um, a two year old. That's a busy household. And it's a very busy household. And so what? So if I was able to do that, if I was able to do that, then you know anybody could. And I was like, why aren't we taught this? So then I started the Facebook page, Holistic Mom MD, in two thousand and fourteen, two thousand thirteen, and. I started the Holistic Mom MD because through my journey, I wanted to make sure that I could prevent these chronic illnesses in my children. Like, what can I do right now to help prevent these chronic? So I didn't have, you know, the, what I like, I had suffered most, almost half my life on these chronic illnesses. And I wanted to make sure that didn't happen to my children. And so I started Holistic Mom MD. And I've been slowly, slowly, slowly building that and showing my mother everyday struggles and how. If I can do it in a cheap, easy, fast, cost-effective way, <laughs> then anybody can do it. I'm bringing more hope to those people that feel like, okay, there is no hope. And then, um, and then what I did was I, I also joined. A, I found Documenting Hope, and Documenting Hope is a national organization dedicated to heal chronic disease in children. And what they're doing is they're doing a study where they're taking 14 children. And healing their chronic illnesses. And when they're healing their chronic illnesses, they're going to then document it via media and scientifically. So then there's no question whatsoever that this approach works. And so that is where, in order to bring holistic health into the mainstream medicine, documenting hope is and, you know, doing this official healing study. The head of the study, um, is like the the medical director that's head of it is the is Martha Herbert and she is the pediatric neurologist at Harvard. And so we got the IRB study. So we're really, really, really trying to change the face of medicine and then the face, you know, trying to heal children because if we continue at the current trajectory, right now one in every one in every two, 50, more than 50% of the children have a diagnosed chronic health condition. And it's like the new normal now, which is so sad, which is really, really sad. And if we, if we continue on the current trajectory, one in every four children will have autism by 2033. Wow. <laughs> so it is. It, it's crazy. And we're, and what we're, we're spending literally trillions of dollars on trying to just cover up symptoms, but never getting to the root cause. And, um, that's where my passion is. Um, and so ever since then, I've been just literally all I can, I, I live this, breathe this. My kids, you know, 10, six, four, and two also live and breathe this. They, um, I do, we, we, we do talks together. We, I do little video series with them and like getting them to talk about leaky gut and gratitude and meditation and, you know, social health and spiritual and insulin resistance and all of that stuff. Like that's in their normal vocabulary. So they know exactly what goes on when they put something in their mouth. So then they can help with it all basically. So <laughs> it's pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's fascinating that you went from going through med school, never hearing about holistic anything before, to within a couple of years, all of a sudden you're doing holistic health and you're working. Yeah, everything holistic, (laughs) right? And that's been your world ever since. I live and breathe this. Just because I saw how amazing, like you could give people life back. You could give people hope back. And especially with all of us being physicians in my family, None of us were taught a single class of nutrition, and that's what's really sad. Unless I missed it during maternity leave, which I don't think so, <laughs> because we had we had proof we had free food at our hospital. So every like most of the doctors, their food was the worst I've ever seen. Like piled on with diet Mountain Dews, and as we're talking about health and wellness, and this is like I'm like this just doesn't make any sense to me. But again, none of us are taught this. And we don't even know there's a different way until I saw, like, I know, um, so I started yeah, at this practice and then I saw with homeopathy and all these other modalities that really, really work. So, and then I, um, then I realized that there wasn't a single source, uh, because as a family physician, I see all chronic disease, like starting from the head all the way down to the little toe. <laughs> Everything in between. And so I realized that there was really no one source that had all the information that can give somebody with multiple chronic symptoms a place to start. And I mean, there were amazing books written on depression and, you know, how to heal ADD and how to heal autoimmune disease and Hashimoto's and all of these illnesses. But there wasn't one that was like, okay, what do I do just to start? (laughs) So then that's what I spent the last then four years and dedicated my life to really putting together a source that is credible with like physicians, even to physicians as an adjunct to conventional care that we can then incorporate into, you know, healing the whole person. And so this is where I, after like 500 sources and four years of work, I put together the Holistic RX, your guide to healing chronic inflammation and disease. And that was, again, after um, going through all the sources and also my personal experience on what worked, what didn't work, and, you know, the easiest, fastest, cost-effective way of doing it. So trying to make holistic health more accessible to the average person. And as You said to me when we were talking before we started recording, you want to make this accessible to everybody regardless of financial status. Just because, yeah, just because you don't have a lot of money doesn't mean you don't deserve to get good health care. No. And this is where if we just stick with the basics, we can get it to more people. And, and it makes that, that in and of itself is so powerful. And we can talk a little bit about that, but like, it's just so powerful. Just the main, if you just, if you just put the body back into balance, we can heal not one problem, but we can heal all of them simultaneously. And that is what's so fascinating. It fascinates me. It's amazing. So exciting. And it's, it's really amazing <laughs> because your body can be completely broken down, but then when you supply it with what it needs in order to heal, then everything starts to erase. Exactly. And this is what, what's really scary is that, you know, in medicine we're taught, you know, if the, all we were really taught, so I mean, I graduated residency in 2010, so it's not, it was like seven years ago, not too, too long in the old age, but all we were taught was here's a problem, here's a pill. 
you know? And what is even scarier is that if I wanted to spend a little bit more time with a patient, that was looked down upon. How how long is spend more time with a patient? So, for example, we have to see, my husband's a, a traditional family physician, and we need to see, he needs to see at least 25 to 28 patients per day in order for our paycheck not to go half. Wow. <laughs> they keep us on this hamster wheel because most physicians have at least 100 to $200,000 loans, like that much in debt. And then in order to make money and in order to survive, <laughs> to pay off the debt, pay off the house, and then, you know, just live life, we need to see those patients. If we don't see the patients, then we we don't get reimbursed. And they threaten us. I know I know in my in the last practice my husband was at, one of the doctors was only seeing what twenty or twenty twenty patients a day or just fifteen or eighteen patients a day. And they took his paycheck pay, paycheck down to half and said, you know, and then basically forcing him to resign. <laughs> wow, that's unbelievable. And so it is it is so scary. And even now, it's such a broken system where um where, like, for example, if I wanted to charge, if I spent less time with a patient, I can still make the same amount of spending more time with a patient if I prescribed a, medic- a medication, because that then just increased the medical necessity of that visit. So it's just, so I can code higher for spending less time, but then prescribing a pill because they now view it as more of a medical necessity so therefore this must be worth more and so it is it's a very very broken system where we, we were just taught to look at one problem and one problem only and do not talk to me about anything else i only when you come to me in this 10 15 minute appointment i only want to hear one system problem that's it if you want to talk about anything else Today we're going to talk about hypertension, but if you want to come back and talk talk to me about your insomnia, which may be leading to your hypertension, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's ridiculous. You've got to come back to me the next time and sit and talk to me about that. That reminds me a lot of the documentary. I think it's called Escape Fire that came out years ago that was talking all about that, how if you code higher, you make more money as a physician and how yeah. it's just kind of a screwed up system. It's a very broken system, and the and the um the system is so much so that that um that we're just we're just stuck on the hamster wheel because we're not um we're not taught one we're not taught any other way so this is all we know and um this is all this is what I'm trying to but the, this is what I'm trying to get guess open the eyes of other doctors is that's really just lifestyle medicine it's simple easy there's no you know there's no side effects there's no drug interactions to this type of approach (laughs) and so and it can really be healing right i i am really curious if your your whole family are physicians what do they think about you working more holistically oh they love it oh that's good and that's what the thing is. And so I ever since then, I have been teaching physicians. I, I talk to physicians on a daily basis. My husband's a physician. So, you know, I, 
when I talked to them, every single solitary one of them was like, you are absolute. That makes so much sense. And, um, and like, for example, like, you know, I'll go into that a little bit more detail where basically chronic disease is either if it's in adults or children is when your body is off balance, right? We call it inflammation, right? There's two different types of inflammation. There's an acute inflammation and a chronic inflammation. Acute inflammation is like the sore throat or the cut that you get. And that's like healthy, acute inflammation. That's healthy. That's good. But what happens is that over time when you have, when you are bombarded with constant external stresses or internal stresses or, um, you know, your body is bombarded in all directions all the time, it goes into hyperactive mode. And when it goes into hyperactive mode, it gets confused and even sometimes like self versus non-self. And that's where like autoimmunity and chronic disease come to play. And what is really scary is that eventually that's like the hidden smoldering fire that you have within and it can eventually destroy a building. So to really, and doctors don't know how to address or even, you know, lower this type of, I mean, lower this inflammation besides for giving you an anti-inflammatory. But what's really awesome is that if you are able to deficits in any of your environmental triggers, you know, like, for example, deficits in your social spiritual health, your um, stress, sleep, social health, I call those the four big S's, and then the your digestive health and detoxification deficits in any of those areas can lead to inflammation that can cause problems. And this is where just by dealing with each one of these pieces all together, can then, depending on your specific need, can lower the inflammation and not just have one symptom, but then all of them simultaneously. And because of it, because it's just lifestyle based, you know, everybody's like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. So this is where it is just putting those basics down, getting people to understand that it's really this simple lifestyle things that we're just talking about and it can heal they're all on board that is really neat do you find when you go and talk to other physicians that more physicians wish that they could practice more like what you're trying to do yes they do because we get run down and this is where again it's a very sad sad situation because we not only just get run down by our demand by what what is everybody expects of us like for example when I was a resident now I was me and my husband were both working 80 hour work weeks I had a new baby and it was a new mom new wife a new resident all at the same time it's a lot of load <laughs> and, and I was far away from family my family was like three hours away so here that I really wish that somebody had taught me stress management because <laughs> I developed as soon as I have I, I had shingles the first year I was there. Like who who developed like that huge stress that caused and then nobody everybody like, oh, you're fine. Keep on just going because obviously I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I wasn't taking care of myself. And all I was doing, I was taking care of patients, which makes it really scary because now you're like insomnia and then you're taking care of patients, which you know that that's. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you make mistakes. That you can make mistakes that way, but 
that was never look. We are just taught to just keep on pushing, keep on pushing, keep on pushing. Get those eighty-hour work weeks in. That no matter what, um, so it, it's it's an entire culture, and that culture is not just in residency. My husband, I mean, when he, my husband, my brother, who's an interventional cardiologist, like all of us are, we have to see patients and then we got to come home and do those charting and we got to make sure that we are on top of things and then we have patient notes and things. So we are exhausted. You know, it's like, a, it's not like a just eight to, it's like, a, it's not like a nine to five job or eight to five or six a job, whatever it is. It's really, it's, you come home and he, he comes, my husband comes home and has work that he does the entire time messages patients labs that need to be recalled back so it's an exhausting and especially if we have non-compliant patients and then these patients no matter what you do are never happy because when they come back yes you can go ahead and put them on a steroid for their autoimmunity but now they're a diabetic so therefore we're going to put them on you know metformin but before that you know, we're, we're going to put them on a stat, you know, like there's all of these medications or if they have blood pressure issues, we're going to put them on a hydrochlorothiazide and then hydrochlorothiazide can lead to insulin resistance that can cause prediabetes. So now you're a diabetic. So now to be on metformin, you do see how like one medication. And so therefore we are literally running around in circles on this hamster wheel trying to keep people happy. But then it's, it's a, it's like a, end result like there really there's really no we don't really get any of that you know satisfaction out of that because of the fact that we really can't heal these patients these people come back with more and more depression or they come back with more and more arthritis they come back with more and more chronic symptoms conventional medicine is amazing for acute care you know obviously that is like the best my my sister's a pediatric ICU physician. I am so glad she's there. You know, <laughs> my brother's an interventional cardiologist. I am so glad he's putting stents on people and doing that. But when it comes to c- dealing with chronic conditions, we really don't have a good handle on it, and that's where um, we need to start opening up that box, looking at different, looking outside the box to really figure out what's going on. And that's where this is what this is why children now specifically are you know, getting that, like they're getting the brunt of it because now our children, they're saying that this is like the first generation that will, the parents will outlive the children. That is really, really scary. So this puts puts a fire underneath me even more <laughs> to really like wake people up, change the systems, get people not, get people knowing and talking about holistic health and what we could do to heal and prevent chronic illness for now and years to come. Right. And to see chronic illness in an adult, let's say in their 40s and 50s, that's one thing, right? You get old or as you start to age, then things start changing and more likely to get disease, yada, yada, yada. No one really cares. But when you start seeing it in children, then that's when now everybody's like, okay, there is a problem here. We're not really looking at all the people in the older ages that have the chronic illnesses that we just expect that to happen. But now that that we're seeing kids preteen and teens coming down with these same illnesses, now it's time to f- figure out what's going on. It is really scary. In two thousand and oh, sorry, nineteen eighty. So before I was born, <laughs> so nineteen eighty, um, there were there were zero cases of diabetes type two, and in 
2010, so seven years ago, there were 57,000 cases of diabetes type 2. Wow. 57,000 cases. I can't even imagine what's going on now. And so this is where even asthma and allergies and autism, now all of these are now, unfortunately, the new normal. So if you go and be like, oh, like, I mean, when me and you were growing up, there was like allergies were non-existent. Nobody worried about peanut allergies, you know, none of that. But now it's, you know, it's scarier. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really scary. definitely changed. So let's talk about chronic illness in children. What steps do we need to take to start reversing this trend and to start helping out the children so that they don't become that statistic where the parents live longer than the children do? So we have to, so we have to keep these children just like adults. We need to keep their bodies as balanced as possible. And I, just like with an adult, I use this, I do this very similar, but just change it up a little bit for the kids. And I try to, again, live this lifestyle with my children so they know just so so we can heal and prevent chronic illness from the get-go and show that it is very much possible to do such. So starting from um, specifically, like I start from, so in my book, I've split it up into like the foundations of good health, digestive health and detoxification, and the four S is stress, sleep, social, and spiritual health. So let's go and start with the, like the, like each one of those, and then how I optimize those in each level with children and um, how that then when you get those all in balance, you can lower inflammation that can then heal chronic illness and keep prevent it. So for all my patients, we'll talk about spiritual health. For every single solitary one of my patients, either adults or children, I talk about gratitude. So immediately when I wake up with my children, I, we, we, we sing the thankful song. <laughs> thank you for my eyes. Thank you for my ears. Thank you for a beautiful day. And so terrible voice, I know. But the thing is, it does a trick because of the fact that the, um, you know, like, and then they're boys. So I, I'll say like what I'm thankful for and then they'll start saying what they're thankful for. They'll be like, oh, I'm thankful for my belly button. And then I can't even imagine as time goes by what they're going to be thankful for. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> But right now it's like, oh, I'm thankful for my poop and I'm thankful for this. And, I'm th and so then they all start like they start laughing and it's fun. And then the next day they're always trying to out, you know, smart the next the day. So it's fun. But it keeps them positive because our subconscious governs about 90 percent of our thoughts and actions. And for our um, so heart math has done amazing studies on how when somebody is frustrated their heart rate variability is all over the part, all over the charts. <laughs> and they're very incoherent. But when you shift to a state of appreciation, it not only lowers inflammatory markers, it affects epigenetics, and also what it does is it, it actually brings you back into coherence and makes it a more like sine wave type of heart rate variability, which is so amazing because then obviously your body works so much better and so do children's. There are less tantrums, less... Less everything. Like, they're just so much better human beings. And so we talk, we focus on gratitude, especially in a day and age right now where social media is the main part of everybody's life. Where because now we have our children that are constantly attached to social media, where on social media, everybody's lives look like they're airbrushed 
and perfect. And here they're looking at their own lives and saying, oh my God, I wish my dad did this with me or I wish my boyfriend did this or if my husband, whatever it is. So we, it starts to subliminally make us, you know, subliminally we start thinking more negative. You know, so we, that's starting to, because we're, we're, everybody around us is telling us if you're not sleeping with 10 different people, or if you don't have the next (laughs) best iPhone, or if you don't have this, or you don't have that, like material goods, then you should be depressed and hopeless because of the fact that you, you should, you know, I wish you had a better life. But we need to now just get back to the simple things. We have a roof over our head. We should be thankful for it. We should, you know, shoes on our feet. We should be thankful. So every single solitary patient I talk to them about gratitude and that's where I start because with that positive mindset and positivity, then the rest of the your days you're making better decisions, you're making, you know, you're not putting yourself in, oh, screw this sort of falafel, you know, uh, philosophy and then just, you know, mindset and you're just putting stuff in your mouth, you know, <laughs> like, what was me? Forget this. Your life is not worth living and just like eating whatever because that then creates a big downward spiral. So really focusing on positivity, what you're thankful for is really a key piece of I feel that I do with my children. And I do that throughout the day. Like, oh, I'll start singing. If, I, if it is a quiet moment, we'll start doing the song. I know it's weird, but it works like the kids love it. And like it's interaction. Then then we were talk about obviously their social health, their social health, making sure that the friends around them. Um, are only ones that lift them up, not drag them down, you know, making sure that the people around them, how to react to bullies, you to talk to, you know, what's going on around you and um, what kind of friends you need to keep. Then we have your your sleep, obviously getting to getting to them to bed on time is really key and important. Having an entire bedtime routine. The stress management is another really key piece because it helps to keep damaging hormones at bay. And um, what happens with that then is that once you incorporate a regular mind-body technique into your daily routine, um, you know, you keep all of those, they just do so much better. And it actually it keeps inflammation low, it keeps the cortisol low, you know, you don't have all those hormonal imbalances along with, you know, glucose stays stable, everything, all, everything just keeps stable if we incorporate your stress management technique. So we incorporate, now. I'll, I'll talk about this at the end, where what I specifically do in my specific daily routine that I call a healing day, like a snapshot of what a healing day could look like. And, um, and then I incorporate, we talk about digestive health. So stress management, so we talked about gratitude, social health, the people around you, the sleep, how important stress management and then, um, you know, getting, and then also stress management also includes like getting outside and playing in the grass, getting outside, grounding, all that fun stuff. And then, um, and then we have your digestive health. Digestive health, you know, we have leaky gut that, you know, so the, what's the difference, the difference between somebody with a problem and somebody without a problem? If we study the same anatomy books and we study the same physiology books, if we're all the exact same on the inside is our environment that makes a difference. And the biggest connection between our outsides and our insides is through our mouth, our gut. So this is where I talk to patients and I talk to my children about what is exactly happened when you put a f- when you put food into your mouth, what happens? So what happens is that it goes straight down in, you know, in, in, in the intestines, there's these channels, right? They're the, the, in between, you know, channels, there's these cells that in between each cells, there's these tight junctions. And over time, especially when you have, and 70 to 80% of your immune system lies in the gut, 
90% of your serotonin is made in the gut, 50% of your dopamine is made in the gut. There's so many things that are so crucial and all depends on the diversity of our microbiome and that we have 100 trillion bacteria, viruses, all of that microbiome that leads to that if imbalanced, like we want a nice balance of 70% to 30% bad bacteria and if imbalanced, that can then lead to, you know, these bugs not doing their job well. And when they don't do their job well, what happens is they let things through that shouldn't be getting through, you know, causing inflammation when then 70 to 80% of your immune system says, hey, you shouldn't be here. So it goes and attacks it, leading inflammation all over the place. If you have inflammation, if that inflama- inflammatory substances go go and go to your brain, it can cause autism, depression, sch- 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 schizophrenia, bipolar um, anxiety, if it goes to your lungs, it can cause asthma and COPD, if it goes to your joints, it can cause joint pain, if it goes to your skin, it can cause eczema and acne, you know, all of these issues. Just by, so you, just by this fire that's in the gut, that goes everywhere. So focusing on a diet that will help heal the gut is really, really, really important because food should not only just heal the gut, and keep your gut microbiome as healthy as healthy as possible. For food should also keep your hormones as balanced as possible. Because what happens is that this is another piece of the puzzle that I feel like a lot of people don't touch on, especially when they focus on like gut healing diets, is that they focus on their energy and gut healing diets, but they can still pre- feel pretty miserable even despite on a gut healing diet because of the fact that the, these foods now are causing something called insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is when, you know, when your food enters your body, it goes and in order for glucose to enter the cells, you need something called insulin that is released from your pancreas to go knock on the cell wall and lets the glucose in. So when the glucose comes in, then you feel energetic, you feel good, that's what's supposed to happen. So over time, especially with chronic stress and the foods that we eat that are raising our blood sugar levels way too high, and um, in chronic infections. So there's a lot of uh, environmental toxins that are, you know, the hormone disruptors. There's a lot of different things that can cause your um, insulin and glucose to be elevated all the time. And then when that's elevated all the time, your cells stop responding to the insulin that's there. So when cells stop responding to the insulin that's there, then your pancreas is like, hey, what's going on here? Let me go and push some more insulin out and so push some more insulin out and keep on pushing it out until eventually you become a diabetic. But in the meantime, that's called insulin resistance. And insulin resistance, the symptoms of insulin resistance are, you know, sugar crashes during the middle of the day, carb cravings, waking around the midsection, acne, irritability, you know, irregular periods, inability to lose weight, weight gain. So all of these symptoms, fatigue, you know, all of these symptoms are due to something called insulin resistance. So food, when we put food in our body, it should do three things. And this is what I teach my kids. Food should help to heal the gut. Food should help you keep your hormones, insulin, and glucose balance. And food should be the most nutrient-dense possible that's going to help heal your body and not hurt your body. So my kids now are probably like they go to, you know, school and, you know, especially when like 500 kids are eating a lunch from outside, they're the only ones taking their lunch. And they come and they're like, mama, you know what? They're, they were feeding us this chemicals. 
you know, we just got to call food, like artificial stuff, what it is, you know, these colorings, all these things are just chemicals that we're just putting in our kids' bodies that's going to destroy their microbiome. And actually, I call, we call it little friends in our bellies. So these friends in our bellies are need to eat good food in order to keep us healthy. But if we're going to feed us, feed it bad stuff, then it's going to, you know, then they're going to kill the good guys and they're going to bring up the bad guys and then we're going to have a fire in our body. And I was like, yes. So therefore they, they know they're like, I'm like, would you want to feed your little pets in your body or your friends in your belly a good stuff or bad stuff? They're like, good stuff, mama. They're like, so don't feed them that. And so then obviously I, once they, once they say, no, mama, I didn't, I, I told them I didn't want the dum-dums for Halloween. I go and then I reward them and I'm like, okay, let's go get you something that's that's a hundred times organically better. But it sort of teaches them that, wow, look, you can I can say no to this but still have something that is equally as delicious and nutritious and amazing that um, that tastes just as best, bad and good. So... So that is another piece. And then talking about detoxification, about everything that you put in your body and on your body as clean as possible. Because just like there's pets inside your belly, there's also pets inside your skin. So we need to make sure we keep your, you wouldn't want to, you know, put anything even on your skin or in your, you know, in the in the environment around you that's going to help to destroy these bacteria and cause your hormones to disrupt. So those are just the key pieces. And then what I've done is I sort of incorporate all that throughout the day. And like we'll wake up in the morning. So I call it my healing day. And um, we'll wake up in the morning. We'll say 10 things we're thankful for. Then we'll go downstairs. We'll start with like some lemon water to help the toxification. Then whenever um, they do eat, for, for whenever they put anything in their mouth, I always have them go down a list. Because those foods that are will heal the gut, the foods that will keep your hormone and insulin and glucose balanced, and those foods that are the most nutrient-dense are specifically, I mean, there's thousands of, there's hundreds and hundreds of diets out there. So instead of focusing on what we all have different, let's focus on what we all have the same. And those are tons of vegetables, protein, and healthy fats. And so, you know, focusing on those specific key nutrients I feel like my kids can do so. Every time they're hungry, they they go down a list. What is my vegetable? What is my protein? What is my healthy fat? So it's really actually cool that they don't even need anything else. They they don't ask for rice. They don't ask for um, bread. They don't ask for junk because they're now satiated with just these three things. And then I obviously bake with, I bake a lot with um, almond flour or coconut flour or do, you know, if somebody has you know, seed or nut allergies, but there's, then obviously you change that recipe around, but like I, I bake a lot with that. So then, you know, after their vegetable protein and healthy fat, then they're able to then have this treat, you know, so then they don't feel like they're deprived. And that's really key. I feel like in raising children is to make sure that they don't feel deprived to, to know, to education is key and knowledge is power to show them that look at all these amazing choices that you don't have to put these chemicals in your body because look at all these amazing things that taste as good that will keep you healthy. And then we go through our day, we run outside, we walk, we play, we say gratitude. Um, I Chores are another key piece of the puzzle that keep me sane and them sane, even though they don't want to admit it. <laughs> and then um, love and I play with them and read to them, get them involved in the kitchen and then I think the biggest thing also is like, again, like 30 minutes before I go to bed, 
they go to bed, I have them clean the entire house, do their chores, so then I don't have to deal with it when I go to bed and I can work on my book and I can work on my writing. And then I get them into the Epsom salt bath because it helps for detoxification and then get into the get them to sleep by saying more gratitude, meditation, prayer. So sort of incorporating all those key pieces of like the foundations of good health into their daily routine that then eventually it seems like it's just part of their routine. So it doesn't, it makes actually, and all of those pieces that I mentioned to you are all so cost effective, easy, fast, you know, amazing and have, are so powerful to then, you know, change your epigenetics, to keep them on the right path, to, you know, lower inflammation and prevent and heal chronic illness. So I know I just kept on rambling, but I'm just very passionate about this topic. (laughs) No, I love it because there's just so much good information in there for anybody to take and use within their own lives. But the fact that you're teaching your kids this and this is what they're growing up with, that's unbelievable because not many people are doing that. Nobody is. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's very, yeah, very little, very little people. So it's, it's, it's not that many. So that's, it's. It's different, and that's why my kids do feel like, what's what's going on here? But that's where, like, the knowledge and the education, teaching them exactly what's going on, getting them involved in that process. We do videos and um, where I'm like, okay, let's talk about the microbiome, and they're doing little videos, and then what they do and how they eat. Because now, now my 10-year-old makes the lunches. So here they go down the list, what are my vegetables, protein, and healthy fats? And then they have fruit for dessert. Like So those three, four things, and then they're satiated. They don't need anything more than that. And so they make the lunches. So then I have like little videos of them taking, making the lunches and how they, when they want a snack, what do they have? And then one of my little, my, my, um, six year old is like absolutely love sauerkraut. So he's like, I love sauerkraut. I was like, <laughs> okay. He looks like he's a dry, like he's totally protected. I mean, he likes, he, he loves it so much. So especially when you start to incorporate it initially, the kids, no kids are going to like this stuff because our taste buds have been hijacked. And when it's all been hijacked, these natural foods don't taste good anymore. But eventually we can retain drain our taste buds because what happens is that the more bad bacteria that you have in your microbiome, the more they start to crave those foods that you should not be eating, giving them. I mean, you shouldn't, shouldn't be eating because it's going to help those bad bacteria thrive. So this is where you see a lot of autistic kids just focusing on just like the white, 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 like white, white flour, white rice, white potatoes, just that. And so where we want to just, you know, the more of a variety your children have, the better, the more diverse the microbiome, they go outside, they, you know, play, they increase the diversity because that symbiotic relationship and the diversity of the microbiome is key in order to keep your children healthy and happy. And I realized that, so I, when I was a resident and I could have all the free food, I didn't eat so well with my second one. And I could totally tell. Like, you could totally, you could completely see that, you know, once he had a little bit more eczema, and then once I was able to heal that, he had he had the most temper tantrums, and now he no longer does. Now, none of my kids, very limited temper tantrums, unless it's obviously something that they can't communicate to you. But it's it's really, I don't have to deal with temper tantrums. So there's no, because they eat the most nutrient-dense foods, and I stock my house up for success. I, there's no arguing. There's no arguing that, no, you can't eat that. You can't eat this. No, you can't eat this. No, you can't eat that. It's just, guess what? You can eat it all. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm, and and there's no arguments. So there's no arguments, especially with boys. You know, the more you tell them they can't do something, they're going to want to do it. I guess like, it's just everybody. But specifically with boys, they want to push, you know, push your buttons as far as possible or try to kill themselves on a daily basis. So this way, at least I can, you know, <laughs> prevent that from happening because, um, you know, jumping off things and. But that's going to happen regardless, but at least keep them as healthy and happy inside possible so then they, they don't deal with the temper tantrums. They don't feel depressed. They don't feel they have low energy. They don't have headaches. They don't have, you know, any of that. So it's it makes my life a lot easier by just feeding them healthy. And actually, it's – and this is where a lot another one of those huge misconceptions is that it's expensive. And what's amazing, 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 amazing is that – once you feed your kids and your family those foods that are mo- most nutrient dense, your body stops craving for other foods because it's constantly trying to, you know, fulfill that nutritional need. So it doesn't do that anymore because it's filled its nutritional need. It's good. It's satiated, especially when you forgive an adequate amount of healthy fats because the a- adequate amount of healthy fats, it helps with satiation. So actually they eat less. So for example, when I do make like cookies or if I'd make, you know, brownies, which are like GAPS approved brownies and like paleo. And if I do do that, they're okay. And I make them into little muffins. So for $5, I can make 90 muffins, mini muffins for $5. And so, and that, I mean, I just had a book signing and I took, I made for $10, I made a hundred and like, yeah, 80, 80 muffins. Like it was just crazy. It's crazy. And so like, for $5 for cookies, you can make 70, 80 cookies, like little cookies. So this is what I do whenever I go out for my book signings. I love to bake and show people how amazing and tasty this is because it just takes one. They only need one little mini muffin or maybe at the most two or three if they're really ambitious. But after that, and those are like the mini, mini, mini ones. And so after that, they're so satiated. They're, there's no, they're not trying to run for this sugar next treat. They're not trying to run because they have what they need. They're satiated. They're good. And so therefore, and on top of that, it keeps them satiated longer. So I'm not in the kitchen all day long. Does that make sense? So it's just, it works because they're eating less. It's actually more cost effective. Plus they're eating more of this, the good nutritious foods that then keeps them from, from you to buying all those extra junk foods. So it's really good. And it's more nutrient dense food too. So that's where those more nutrient dense foods is what, Will, will it keep you, you know, saving because of the fact that now you're spending? Because how many of us can, you know, when I was eating that um, years ago, like you could eat an entire box of Oreos and not even like flinch, you know, or if you're looking for the box next of cookies. box. Yes. And then you go look for the next box. But this is so amazing because of the fact that you're like, oh, I have a couple. I'm good. I'm satiated. And that's and that's awesome. So, and there's again no fighting because I'm like, oh, here you guys want chocolate chip cookies? Here you guys go. And uh, they have dark chocolate in them. There's no sugar. There's like three, four ingredients. And I was like, this is amazing. So it's fun. It's fun, fun, fun stuff. And that makes it really easy and doable for um, them to stay as healthy and happy as possible. Yeah. So I have a couple questions because um, a lot of people that I work with, they always talk about they would love to find a way to get their kids to eat healthier, but they're so addicted to crappy and processed foods, they don't know what to do. So uh, my first question would be, your oldest is 10 years old, right? 
Yeah. Does he ever feel left out at school when he sees everybody else eating these different foods and he brings his own lunch to school and he brings his own snacks? So he does. So they do because when, for example, they had popcorn day. And I was like, oh, instead of popcorn, because I'm like, okay, you know what? If you're going to have popcorn, I'm going to make sure that it's at least the organic that I did at home. And then you can have it like he has it like once in a, like, I don't even remember, like once every three, four months, he'll have some corn. <laughs> you know, like, so it's really, really rare. But in those situations, I try to get, give him like the a uh, healthier alternative. So like we'll take the popcorn from home that I had done myself that's organic, that's all natural, and then give it to him and then he'll take it to school. Or obviously if somebody has like chronic Ill illnesses, they might, mine don't. Um, so I'm very thankful for that. So then cheating once in a while because otherwise they're grain-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, you know. Um, 90% of the time. And so, um, but what is really cool is because of the fact that, for example, just like what you're saying that, you know, they go every week and there's, they go to a, they go to Saturday school, you know, which is where there's 500 kids at the Saturday school. It's like a Sunday school. So it's like 500 kids and all of them are eating pizza every week. And so my kids are the only ones taking in their snacks and they're you know the the ones the food that I have given them their protein their vegetables and healthy fats <laughs> and they have never they've actually come and they'll be like mama do you know what they were eating today they were eating chemicals because I have to I have showed them the ingredients of the pizza that they're eating I'm like okay hey, which which of these ingredients can you pronounce <laughs> You know, if it's like a certain brand, I'm like, okay, let's see what brand, like, let's look at the ingredients that's online and tell me, would you like to put this in your belly? So this is where education is really important. And my four-year-old before, when he was even three years old, he goes, no, no, I don't want to put those chemicals in my body. I'm sorry. Because he, she saw, and then even today I went grocery shopping right before, because, you know, obviously for Thanksgiving, grocery shopping, and my six-year-old's like, oh my God, mama, this is all like sugar, sugar, and coloring. Why would they want to put these chemicals in their body? <laughs> Don't they know it's going to kill their friends? And it's so, it makes my heart so happy. <laughs> I was like, I love you. Even everybody else, because he's like so excited, so enthusiastic. And he's like so in shock that people could even think about putting this in their body. And so, um, but then the people around her are like, how did he know that? What? A six-year-old worrying about coloring and sugar and artificial ingredients? Who's literally, my four-year-old will still like look through. He goes, oh my God, mama, there's, there's more than five ingredients in here. And I don't know, there's too long of a list. And I was like, yeah. So he goes, no, we don't want that in our body. So that's where I think, and that's where the education is key. And especially if, you know, the junk food, um, and then making those healthy decisions, you know, it takes one step at a time, you know? Like, for example, if your kids are only eating brownies, right, what I do is they, all you want to do is first want to make those little, it's, it takes, you just want to take one step in the right direction. Even if it's like a quarter step in the right direction, it's better than no step in, right, in the right direction. So taking, like, for example, if they're just eating brownies or cookies and cakes, you just want to make those switches to different types of alternative, healthier options. Like, for example, like, like I did like my gaps approved brownie, like my brownies, which are amazing. So 
I'll make those switch and the kids don't even ever know. So here we just have to make those small changes on the foods that they already eat. For example, my waffles. Like if their kids are eating cereal every morning, I have like this grainless granola that I make that my kids love. Um, or they, um, and they have that with almond milk. So if it's, we're in a rush, that's what they have. Um, another thing that they love for breakfast in the morning is like either a banana boat and then sauerkraut. So I always have sauerkraut. Sauerkraut is what I can get in, in the morning. I know it's crazy, but that they eat their sauerkraut in the morning. And, um, I make waffles. So the waffles are three ingredients. There are bananas, eggs, and almonds. That's it. And they only need, they only need like, like half of a waffle and they're satiated because it's just made out of such nutrient dense ingredients. And I use these recipes to help, you know, sort of bridge that gap of what they were used to. If they were used to eating waffles, but let me hear, let me show, we're going to make now some healthier versions. The kids, depending on the age of the child, they don't need to know if it's healthier. They just need to know if it tastes good. And these do, they really, really taste good. And so, um, these are the kinds of alternatives that you can do. Like, for example, there's, if they're just into crackers, you know, you want to then change those crackers up to the ones that are more like paleo type crackers or the chips that are like no grain chips, like things like that, that you just have to slowly make those changes. If you try to do it all at once, stress causes 80% of the complaints that come to primary care physician. It sort of negates the entire of what I'm trying to do with you if... <laughs> <laughs> if what is if what I'm trying to do with you is causing stress. So it's a one step at a time trying to make those little changes, educating your children that really make a big difference in the long run. Yeah, and I know other people that have taught their kids if they can't actually say the name of the ingredient or even some parents have gone all the way to um, – like if the kid can't explain what that ingredient is and what it does for the body, then they cannot eat it. So it's kind of funny to see that you do something similar by looking at the ingredients. Oh, and yeah, they do. Because then it's the, the kid knows then what's going on and what they're putting in their body. It keeps them mindful. And I really feel that mindfulness is really key in trying to figure out exactly what's going on. Like how are they feeling right now? How What kind of, what kind of stuff are they putting in their body? Um you know, what kind of things are causing them stress, you know, trying to really understand that, um, how your body responds to those, you know, environmental stimulus. And it's so funny. My kids will also, <laughs> right. So my days are as crazy as everybody else's. So, you know, like for example, I'd be going, you know, in the morning, um, obviously I've tried to get four kids out the door every single solitary morning, make sure that they're fed, clothes, showered, all that fun stuff, you know, in the meantime, like one will make a huge mess and the other one will make a bubble bath outside of the shower <laughs> that will then lead into the actual main room. So my days are crazy. So this is where these are things that you can do despite having a crazy, crazy day. Um, and then even, you know, teaching your children that <laughs> what they did. So like, Teaching your children that the foods that you have and how the repercussions that it has on your body. So, for example, they're like, oh, mama, I had this food. And they'll be like teaching them what what their poop looks like in the bathroom and showing them, okay, so what kind of repercussions did you have from that? Oh, I had diarrhea. So, like, 
my my three year old, my when he was three, he was like, "Mama, I ate the bad food. It gave me diarrhea." I was like, okay, <laughs> thank you. Don't but don't <laughs> scream that out to everybody. But that's what they did. They directly correlated what what their body was doing with how, what they ate that day, how they felt that day, what was going on that day. So that's something that's really again education is key, keeping them mindful, keeping them honest, trying to figure out, giving them, showing them the correlation of their environment and and their health. So then my second question for you was on the educational piece, not everybody has the type of background backing or background that you have. So how can parents be able to provide this educational piece when they don't really know all about how the body works even for their own selves? Yeah. So So that is again part of my um, goal in life and passion and trying to spread this message to everybody. Um, and so my book that I wrote is The Holistic Rx, Your Guide to Healing Chronic Inflammation and Disease, and that's for all ages. So that is a key place to start. But what I've also done is on my website, I have also, if you subscribe to my newsletter, one of the funnel, one of the pieces of the funnel that comes through is a children's book that I wrote. So that children's book goes and um you know i i talk it's called my children's book is called my healing day your child's guide to staying healthy and healing sickness and so that's the that is um that's what i've tried to do to help educate and that's like a that'll be like free download on my website um and so that will then eventually help to spread this message but again you know doctors don't even know this information so Trying to get this out, it's we're we're sort of moving uh, uphill because there's so many huge, you know, organizations and companies that are preventing us from even trying to educate these populations. But when there's a will, there's a way. So we, <laughs> with all of these functional medicine doctors, and now more and more doctors and um, practitioners are becoming just like yourself are becoming more educated in this functional piece. And so going to your practitioner, specifically if they're, you know, uh, functional medicine or um, having some sort of holistic piece into their life really, really makes a difference. Because, I mean, my sister is a pediatric ICU physician. She, you know, even in pediatrics, and I have a couple of pediatricians just, you know, just doing general practice in my family. And we were not even taught parenting. And that was another one of the big things that I was really, really passionate about is wanting to teach people parenting. Because I'm like, okay, we're focusing on the milestones, but nobody's focusing on how are you going to improve people's, how this child's self-esteem? How are you going to improve their, you know, um, respect and love and all that, and your self-esteem? So again, this is, the change is happening, um, but it's going to be slow, um, but it is happening and we are moving in the right direction and hopefully there's enough one of one one all of us come together to help educate the masses that change will go a lot faster but we are waking waking up to it because a lot of parents are like wait what is what is going on here why aren't we why are chronic illnesses on a rise you know um and so we're getting there where they're shifting and as long as there's some sort of you know functional medicine doctor in your child's life that really, really makes a difference. And then I'm I'm obviously helping. There's a lot of resources out there that are helping. Um, and Documenting Hope, I know, is doing such a great job with that also. So 
which I'm the director of education for. So again, education, 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 and um, helps for everything. I love it. <laughs> in your book, The Holistic Rx, that can be found on Amazon, and I'm guessing in all the major bookstores as well. So um, after year sales, it'll probably be in all the major bookstores. Um, it's traditionally published. They won. They um, my deal was they'll be in all the it'll, it'll be all in all the libraries. It's on Amazon. It'll be in all the libraries in the country. Um, and they um, but what I've done it with that one specifically that is a little bit more um, unique to this book is I've split the book into two sections. The first section is the foundations of good health. Digestive health and detoxification, chronic inflammation, disease, digestive health and detoxification, and the four S's: stress, sleep, social, and spiritual health. And the second part of the book, I've gone through seventy nine conditions and how to, and they're um, first adjusting the holistic RX for your conditions, and that's where the labs come into play. And then the second part is adjusting the holistic RX for your condition, specifically with integrative modalities. With um, after talking about all the acupressure points and aromatherapy and um, homeopathy and all of those specific things in a little bit more detail. Then I go through 79 conditions. And for example, for constipation, um, what are the supplements, the homeopathics, the acupressure points, and aromatherapy for 79 of those conditions? Wow, that's pretty in depth. Yes, that's why it took five years, <laughs> four years. <laughs> So that's I tell you just a little passion. Passion takes you a long way. But um so I did. So that's where it's like a that's why it's called the holistic RX to the point, short, simple. What am I supposed to do to help to optimize my healing? Not just from one symptom, from all of them simultaneously. Okay, and then you mentioned your free kids book. Is that at holisticmommd.com? Yes, holisticmommd.com. Um, they can subscribe to my newsletter. It's going to come through my funnel. And I'll also, um, like as every week comes by, they'll get it. And then it'll be a downloadable PDF on my file that I'm just I'm just fixing my website currently. Um, and then it'll sooner or later, uh, it'll, it'll all be out there. But it's called My Healing Day. So My Healing Day. Okay, Medea, I appreciate you so much coming on to the podcast. You have answered so many questions about uh, the chronic illness and children and what to do about it. Do you have any final things you would like to say before we close out? No, I think um, love heals. I think that as long as all parents have, you know, we all want the best for our kids. So never stop, never just listen to your heart. And never stop looking for answers because they're out there. We just got to keep on looking. That's great. And you guys are all amazing. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me on. <laughs> okay, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please go to your podcast app of choice and leave us a rating and review. Those ratings and reviews are very important for allowing us to get our show in front of a larger audience. So if you can leave a rating and review, I am going to pick one person by the end of November, and we will have a 30-minute consultation together to talk about anything that you would like to know about your health. So go to whatever podcast app you listen to and leave a rating and review, and we will see everybody next time.